your stupid minds. Stupid, stupid. Relax. It's all in bad taste. Are you ready to watch 13 Ghosts with us, though? This is an exciting time. I, d- I don't know if I am. If it, if it's uh, anything like it's Event exactly Horizon, like it's going to drive me insane. <laughs> it's the same movie. <laughs> now, I'll introduce you as well, so don't don't stress about it. I've got my I've got my notes my notes ready. And I am IMDb. That is a really impressive. Is that a tablet? What this, is that? It's, it's a music stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you had some sort of like huge long yeah. iPad or something. <laughs> oh no, I'm, I'm in I'm in communication with the ghost of Steve Jobs. He's the thirteenth ghost. <laughs> he is the 13th Steve ghost. Jobs is always going to be the 13th ghost. Yeah, boo. That's what he says. He <laughs> I boo. He just walks around booing Tim Cook. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I don't. I think we're going to struggle doing this because I don't know if any of you guys have seen um, Ghosts 1 to 12 yet, but I think starting at 13 ghosts is probably it. <laughs> nah. No, no, I'm not even gonna laugh. I got a slight pity laugh. I genuinely looked at you as if that was true. This is why I've invited you on this episode because you, uh, you're gonna be, you're only here to laugh at my jokes. That's the only reason, just to laugh at my jokes. Don't speak. Just I knew it was coming. I was prepping for pity laugh, and it just wouldn't come out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, hello everyone, and welcome to the Bad Taste Buds, the podcast where we talk trash about your favorite, best, worst films, and sometimes we even reevaluate unfair maligned horror films from the early noughties, which is exactly what That was a lot of big words. Today. <laughs> was too many words for you. Is that too... I know them all independently. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I am going to be... <laughs> I'm going to be your the noises, they made sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> right, I was going to hang myself by the end of this. I'll be the 14th ghost. Oh... <laughs> Fantastic. Hey. Shirtless <laughs> are the people that guide like people up like the Himalayas and stuff, don't they? Yeah, yeah I've seen so some sentence, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm trying, okay, go for it. I'll judge afterwards. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be your Sherpa into all things spectral today. I'm your host as always, Liam, and joining me, we have the whole crew. We've got Jack on the mic. Ooh. And we've got Hannah joining him as well as better Ooh. half. Uh, we've got Ryan as well. Ooh. And, <laughs> oh, wait, do, do you guys hear that? I, I, I hear a, I hear a a, a, a noise yeah we have a special <laughs> guest today everyone get the spirit what's the, the spirit board the spirit well, you level. heard this yesterday you dickhead he oh. said I'll never forget it again because I now I know what it is I learned the other day I don't know if you guys sorry I will introduce the guest first we've got Tom <laughs> from the warm tin club film <laughs> Club, who uh, is graciously uh, graced us with his presence today. Hello, Tom. How are you doing? Oh, this is why we need a soundboard for the class. I'm doing good. Hey. This feels good. Yeah. Hey. Woo. I'll clap for myself. That feels good. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here. Excited yeah. to uh, excited to to guest on the Bad Taste Buzz. Does that make me a bad taste buzz? You are officially. Or am I just bad taste adjacent? <laughs> <laughs> you are officially officially inducted into the honorary hall of Bad Taste Buds. I was trying to think what adjacent would be. I'm guessing it would just be a gag reflex. <laughs> You're a gag reflex, Tom. That's what you are. Tom's just a gag. <laughs> you are the, the human equivalent of a gag reflex. So congratulations. That's good. I'm going to put that on my CV from now on. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, obviously I was on the one tins a few weeks ago. You made me suffer through Event Horizon for the second time. It through. sounds like you're going to make me suffer through Event Horizon as well, uh, but just slightly, slightly different. Event Horizon, but not in space. So less cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it is a pleasure. Well, I don't want to watch it anymore now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you here, Tom. We're really looking forward to doing this. Um, this is our second official Bad Taste Buds uh, guest star. Uh, so hopefully we'll get to 13. Rest in peace, Greg. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what happens to the guests afterwards? Well, we like, <laughs> Greg's conspicuously gone. We had you in the collection. Am I in terrible danger we right now? We had you in the collection of, uh, of bad taste buds ghosts. We, we all- in a big jar. <laughs> We're also doing a collection for Greg's friends and family if anyone wants to contribute. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm constantly singing your praises here. You and the rest of the boys at Warm Tins. I pretty much lost my mind listening to your Soviet Hobbit episode, which, Jack, I know you're a massive, you're a massive Lord of the Rings fan if you haven't seen the Soviet version. I've not seen it yet, but the episode was fucking hysterical. I'll have to check it out. Go, go, yeah, there's the Soviet Hobbit. They also did a, a Lord of the Rings version. And uh, as far as I'm aware, they're both musical. Oh, wait, oh, is this so the Russian cartoon like, one? No, it's no. not cartoon. It's, it's not actually. It's, it's, no. yeah. it's, it's so much worse. <laughs> oh, no. it's, it's basically like a, it's like a school play or a pantomime or something, but they've like filmed it and put it on TV. It's no, fucking I, brilliant. Go I check it out. Mr. This, yeah. Bilbo Baggage. <laughs> no, it's all on YouTube. I feel like I've seen a YouTube video of this now you mentioned Did you watch it yeah, without yeah, subtitles as well? Like you watched it just no... no <laughs> <laughs> so, so Matt watched it with subtitles, but I'm a fucking idiot, so I watched the whole thing without it. <laughs> when we started, he was like, what did you think? Like, what was this all about? And I was like, yeah, I couldn't understand what was going on. He's like, you fucking idiot. Just Google <laughs> with subtitles next wow. Love to see the Vladimir Putin cut where it's just from the perspective of Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Putin going, his ring is not broken. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> if you couldn't tell today we are covering 13 ghosts or should I say thir- one three in ghosts if thir- you look at the way the uh, title is laid out ghosts. it was like that period of time where they started putting numbers like in the title for no fucking reason like like, like Slevin. 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 Slevin what Too Fast Too Furious was one Too Fast Final Destination yeah, at least that makes sense yeah not Slevin Slevin <laughs> still doing it now of course with The Fate of the Furious oh, which is possibly the most objectionable title I've ever heard in my life For Eight is that how they're doing it like the, yeah, yeah. Oh, For Eight oh, of the Furious oh, sad. Well, I was really upset because they were meant to call Final Destination Five Five Null Destination but they never actually because <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing they've ever ever heard in their lives. Directed by Steve Beck in 2001, this was his like this was his debut film actually, and he only ever went on to make one more film after this. So the guy didn't really have him a very story. He was a big visual effects artist back in the 90s. I think he worked on Indiana Jones and the basically worked with Cameron and Spielberg, and he kind of got his big break doing the remake. This is a remake of a 1960s 60s film of the same name by William Castle, who was kind of made famous uh, for. House on Haunted Hill, which is a Vincent Price uh, classic, one of the my favorite horror films of all time. My first horror film ever when I was a wee bairn. When you were a wee bairn. My parents put it on, and my stepdad and my uncle just let me sit in the room and watch it with them, and I was traumatized <laughs> for quite a while. <laughs> well, Ushimua parenting, that's village parenting yeah, for you. Pretty standard around here. But for anyone who doesn't know, how could you not by this point? Horror films are kind of my bread and butter. I was born and raised on them, and this was one of, again, like you're saying, Ryan, this is one of my very first experiences with horror. Basically, a step away from being an honorary indoor into the Sawyer family at this point and 13 Ghosts it is that kind of it's a perfect like an entryway like a gateway into into kind of more extreme horror for kids because it is it is violent it is bloody but there's nothing really necessarily scary about it I mean Hannah you watched uh, his, se- his second film his sophomore film Ghost Ship this morning didn't you yeah I thought it was it was it was good it was good it had its its good elements the first scene was the highlight and I think that's was it that's 
That's a big problem. It sets the tone for these yeah, great kills. Yeah, I was kills. expecting more sort of <laughs> actually what the fuck just happened on my screen. Like 30 people just got chopped in half. The fuck? And then it just never really lived up to that. But I enjoyed that scene. So, you know. Have you seen Have you seen anything by this guy before, Tom? Or was this uh, kind of the first view? Uh, go share it. I actually have no idea who this guy is. I know nothing about 13 <laughs> Ghosts. I'm glad I'm not the only one in that camp. Like, yeah, you and Jack can chill together until we watch it. But as far as like horror goes, what's our kind of 13 Ghosts? I remember my kind of seminal horror, the, the ones I grew up on, was a lot of this early noughties, late 90s horror shit, like Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer, Urban Legend, which is one of the stupidest. I just recently uh, drunkenly bought the Urban Legend trilogy at box sets. And I won't let them watch um, it. <laughs> not someone had to, I suppose. But Urban Legend, again, it's, it's like this, like, it fits really nicely into this category of really stupid teen 90s lame horror like I know Urban Legend stars Jared Leto and it's really upset me because it's one film where I really wanted to see Jared Leto get just obliterated and he doesn't even die in the fucking movie no. um, I'm gonna knock on my there is a super cut on YouTube oh, of, of every time Jared Leto dies or gets mutilated in a movie <laughs> shame to say that. I've watched it multiple fucking times <laughs> is that how you get off to sleep yeah. you just like it's pop like, it onto like, like, on what it's like white noise screams. it's like yeah, my, my whale noise is just Jared Leto screaming <laughs> I was never a big horror kid I'm quite ambivalent with horror films I'm like still them. not a big horror kid mm. I like them as a general concept and things, but I think most of them are underwhelming when I see them. This is the I, guy who didn't like John Carpenter's Halloween. Oh, I fell asleep in the cinema, man. Yeah. I started. I know. The music was good. I don't know what he's doing on this cast. The music, <laughs> Tom just disconnected. I thought the music was pretty good, but I... I <laughs> so good that you slept for a solid 40 minutes. Oh, yeah, we went to see a re-release of, of John Carpenter's Halloween in the, in the cinema, in the, the biggest IMAX screen you've ever seen, and this guy's snoring with 10 minutes in. <laughs> That's incredible. Slight, <laughs> slight hyperbole there. Like. <laughs> the dulcet tones of those synths are enough to just, you know, yeah. lull you off to sleep. I think I made it about an hour in before I dozed off. I don't have a defense for that. Yeah, it's a tight 90, you know, <laughs> that's most of the film. Yeah. But, don't really need to see the end. <laughs> like, I think my favorite horror film is probably still The Cabin in the Woods that I've seen. What, the remake or the, uh, sorry, not the remake, that was, uh, that's Evil that's Dead. That's a fucking amazing film. Cabin in the Woods is brilliant. It's, it's like perfect blend of horror comedy, isn't it? Yeah, I love the meta-ness of it. It's like, you know, just puts those real boring, overused tropes and kind of flips them on their head a bit. Most horror films I've seen, I've been a bit let down by it. It's either just like torture porn, like Saw, or like mm. as soon as you see the actual monster, it loses all its kind of scariness because it's not actually that scary. I remember what film was it that we went to go see? Oh, that was the worst one ever. Orphan. Do you remember that oh, one? Orphan sucks. Balls. Orphan. Orphan. Turns out she's just a fucking angry midget. But I mean, the orphanage is a fantastic movie. We've got right. This is the thing. That's what I thought you were yeah. talking about when you said orphan. I was like, that's the Spanish one, right? Orphanage. No, it's a pretty good Spanish film. I think Guillermo del Toro was the producer yeah. on that one. We're kind of going through. I think mm. we're going through a renaissance at the minute. I think, especially when you credit like directors like Ariaster, A24. A24, like the A24 guys. Yeah, they're absolutely Midsummer, um, Hereditary. Ariaster needs to chill out because, <laughs> like, I'm in a similar boat that I think to, to Jack on this. Like, I wasn't ever. A, a big like horror kid growing up I was I was too scared I was too much of a pussy to even watch them and then when I when I finally got like enough of uh, backbone enough, enough spine to, yeah enough backbone <laughs> yeah enough spine to actually watch them when I was older I was like oh these aren't even remotely frightening <laughs> in, the, in the slightest <laughs> sense and then I go and watch fucking Hereditary on a date with my Man. girlfriend at the time we were like oh let's go watch a fun fun <laughs> horror film <laughs> that was, that well. Bleak 
fucking grim experience. I want to make a joke about Great getting heads at the end awful. of the film because they all, 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 all. Yeah. <laughs> bad taste, Liam. Well, head. We're, we're <laughs> hey, bad taste. That's <laughs> what we're all about here. I mean, the early 90s, I'm not, I, again, like a little bit of a horror history major over here. The early 90s is credited by a lot of people as being kind of like the dark ages of horror, where we were kind of, we were past <laughs> the highlights of the 70s, the Texas Chainsaws, the Halloweens, the John Coppers, everything that kind of made the 70s and 80s so exceptional for horror. The 90s kind of just was a uncomfortably stale retread of that. that we had obviously things like Scream and Scream 2 that still hold up today, but you go back and watch something like I Know What You Did Last Summer and it really doesn't hold up whatsoever. They just sort of made the same film about 400 yeah. times like there's the team slasher or like some sort of uh, monster flick but in the 90s is when they started to be like we don't actually need a monster what we need is a guy who looks a bit fucked yeah. up and that's the monster just, and that's how you end up with don't even creep bother with that shit. and just yeah do do what I, lo- I did last summer is and just put him in a rain mac and then be like done with it right he's done there you go yeah. <laughs> what we see kind of at the, at the end of the 90s anyway is the start of kind of the, the period of horror where remake culture was massive Obviously, 13 Ghosts, The House on Haunted Hill, both remakes of uh, William Castle films, came out with within like, one year of each other, respectively. And then you get to 2003, where we really see the influx of remakes with Michael Bay's produced Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And you see then the, the Friday the 13th remake comes in. And uh, 13 Ghosts is, I think, where you... A film that you should remake. Me and Ryan, we're going to get into this a little bit further on the point five, but me and Ryan watched the William Castle original, the 1960s one, and it, it's kind of a bit of a, it's a bit of a bore for the most bore. of the runtime. I've been confused, like, since watching that movie, thinking that this 13 Ghosts can't be a best worst because it's so much better than the original movie, but it's 16% on tomatoes. And in my head, when I watched this last, it wasn't a 16% movie. I remember having fun. The remake of 13 Ghosts is unequivocally more fun than the William Castle original. It might not be a better film in its production, it's acting in whatever it's, it, but it is immeasurably fun. And I think that's hopefully what you guys are going to take away from this. Cause me and Ryan are the only two people here have seen uh, the, the 2001, 13 ghosts. I think yeah. you're the only people that have seen the original, aren't you? When one of the, <laughs> we are the two people who've seen the original 13 ghosts. It has the Wicked Witch of the West as it a cast does. member. It does. The, the original. <laughs> what? Don't you say the word twist to me. Don't you fucking say the word twist to me. I'm still over the shampoo shit, okay? I'm still, I'm still thinking of old, okay? <laughs> yo, yo, what if we had a movie and there were 13 ghosts in it? What are you going to call it at night? Oh, no. Don't you worry. For people who are a bit unaware of the context here, me and Tom have this ongoing thing where we're kind of obsessed with the trailer for the <laughs> Shyamalan film Old, and we've kind of come to the- just a <laughs> peek into just an incredibly obscure in joke. <laughs> well, this is the thing: like we realize he names all of his films just exactly what they are. Like, oh, this this one is this one's about a guy made of glass. What we're we gonna call it? I'm no fucking glass. No fucking no. I've got an idea for an island. It makes people old. I will call the movie Old. <laughs> No, but getting back to remake culture and getting back to this idea of um, 13 Ghosts being a remake of a film that kind of needed a remake. I'm, I was pretty pissed when I originally saw the remake for Texas Chainsaw because that's kind of almost like sacred ground. You don't touch Toby Hooper. You don't touch, you don't touch the Wes Cravens. Like I, my, one of my least favorite films of all time is the Nightmare on Elm Street yeah, remake because there's, no there's no need. You, there's no need to remake a perfect movie. <laughs> but I've kind of like chilled out a little bit in my old age and start to realize that I'm not, I don't, I'm not that hateful of remakes. Like the original is still there. 
it's it's just like a cover song. <laughs> I've I've gone completely the opposite way. Now remakes <laughs> just make me like incredibly angry. <laughs> just like sitting there like, oh, we're making another film that it's 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 Spider Man for the fifteenth time. Oh, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah taking time right. from an original property. Uh, one original film. I say I'd like one original film, and then one gets served up to me in the form of old, and I'm just like, movie <laughs> <laughs> about an old island. It might be a masterpiece. You don't know. Fuck your original <laughs> concepts. I, 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 I hope it is. You were six years old this morning. <laughs> I haven't seen the film. I haven't got a clue. I hate Just that. I hate waking up six years old going to bed 16. It's awful. Yeah. For me, anyway, I feel like the way people should approach remakes is in the way that uh, someone like Matt Reeves did with the uh, Planet of the Apes trilogy. I'm not sure if any of you guys have seen the recent... Okay, no, those those are really fucking good remakes. Kind of what he did. I'm going to now backtread on literally everything I've just said. I love those films. Masterpieces, <laughs> like, from beginning to end. Was, I felt cheated. When I went in, I went in with my friend to watch Dawn Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And we saw the trailer and we were like, this looks incredibly fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm so James excited. James Franco I think talking to a fucking monkey. Yeah, there's like a clip in the trailer where they're just like, the, the monkey is like punching a guy with a gun. And I'm just like, yeah, this is going to be the dumbest thing I've seen all year. I watched the movie, I came out and I was like, I'm really pissed off. I think that's the best <laughs> thing I've seen in like a year. I cried more than once. And then they released the trailer for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and you see the, the monkey shooting a machine on gun on horseback and I'm like okay, fine now we're getting the stupid one and they come out and it's one of the best yeah. films I've ever seen in my fucking life I'm so mad honestly hey, hey, PSA to anyone who's not seen Matt Reeves uh, Planet of the Apes remake trilogy it's one of the best modern trilogies it's kind of how you do a remake because so he good. took the, the films in the old franchise because he took what was it like Conquest I think it was Conquest Beneath and Battle were the films in the original franchise the ones that no one's seen or gives a shit about and was like I'll, re- I'll remake the yeah. shit ones like that I feel like that's how you should approach a remake if you're going to do a remake remake the stuff that didn't go well the first time yeah it sets the ball though doesn't it yeah exactly no <laughs> yeah, expectations exactly. zero fucking expectations yeah, exactly but like, this leads us pretty nicely onto 13 ghosts because I, 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 me and Ryan kind of came to the agreement that yeah the original's kind of boring it's it's a very kind of maudlin there's nothing really spectacular about it the, the thing that pissed me off the most about it that I was so irritated by is when the ghosts are on it's kind of that see-through old style where it's just a puppet on a string oh, but they the use puppets. literal Halloween decorations that they bought at the store it was just that plastic skeleton on strings but you could have just dress the fucker up put some oil in the fucking skeleton or something it was so bad it's literally like the spooky scary skeletons <laughs> video yeah. from YouTube literally even the ones that were like costumed and tried to be done better it was just a costume there was no one inside of it it and was just a Halloween head what was the situation with the glasses Oh yeah, so there's a there's this gimmick. There was this gimmick when the original came out in the '60s that everyone in the audience was given basically like one of those 3D blue and red uh, 3D glasses, and it was like they were called ghost finders or ghost viewers, I think they were. And one side was like, right, look through the blue lens if you want to see the ghosts, and look through the red lens if you don't want to see the ghosts. And what it, did it make the ghosts appear on the cinema screen? Yeah, right, you looked into the, it. Didn't it filled with the mouth because the screen, the ghosts are a different color to what the people are in scale. So when you look through the red lens, it highlights the ghosts, but you can only see them when they're on screen and when the actors in the movie are wearing the glasses so it syncs up. So that sounds pretty cutting edge for the 60s. Well, that sounds pretty, right. like, you know. I mean, compared to a skeleton cool. on strings, definitely fucking <laughs> <cutting edge. laughs> yeah, yeah, It's watched been it. the first sort of cinema audience interaction type film then. 
Potentially. I am not that well versed. I do love, do love a bit of meta stuff. Yeah. Well, you can buy the glasses on eBay. Uh, I think you can get them for like $13, but it was like American shipping. So it'd be like 40 hey. quid by the time they would get here. And I'm like, I- I'm an idiot and I buy stupid shit on a whim, but I'm not that stupid. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to tell me you bought them. That's going to be sick. <laughs> I am that stupid. And now I'm looking to buy I'm going to send you the link. As <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, have you found them? Yeah, well, I found a key as well. Key to Cyrus Criticos's glass house. Don't know what any of this. So Cyrus means, is the guy who collects the ghosts. So yeah, Cyrus collected all the thirteen ghosts. Well, there's actually twelve ghosts. Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them. <laughs> I was just gonna say, is this is this some sort of like marketing bit? Are they gonna be like, yeah, thirteen ghost trading cards? Get the thirteen ghost <laughs> game by calling it and trade the ghosts with your friends. Thirteen ghosts go. <laughs> so yeah, this came out. Uh, this came. This movie came out. Well, the remake sorry came out a month after 9-11. So let's take that context. And there's yeah. Oh. So it's already in this kind of zone where no one really probably wanted to go to the cinema much. Kind of panic in America. It didn't do horribly at the box office. I think on a budget of about 42 million, it made back 60 worldwide, which isn't great. You factor in like advertising. uh, Didn't it weirdly get almost an identical box office finance to... Haunt, house on the Haunted Hill. Well, the remake of it, yeah. yeah. Both of them. Again, Both. We're, we're kind of in this period of horror where people were very much sick of horror. It was these these kind of tired retreads, these remake culture, and people were kind of done with it. But again, the, the reviews do speak for themselves for this. I personally, this is going to be a showgirls moment where I'm going to defend the fuck out of this and say, it's not a good movie. It's not well made. It's not well acted, but it's one of the... Well, that doesn't sound like <laughs> defending, Liam. That sounds like a load of insults. <laughs> but... It is, ah. it is one of the most entertaining 90 minutes you're going to sit through, if only because of how batshit insane the whole thing is. Cool. It's only 90 minutes. It's, it's, not it's, a, it's a solid oh, 90. Cool. Avatar. It's a <laughs> <laughs> Again, the, the critics tore this, this thing to shreds. It's, it's currently sitting on 16%. I'll read a few. So Roger Ebert said, the experience of watching this film is literally painful. Like, it hurts the eyes and the ears. I think he's, <laughs> yeah, but he's dead. He's, so one, like, he's one of the ghosts. Yeah. He's been haunted. Yeah, <laughs> he would say that. He's just jealous. <laughs> a lot of people say it's a, it's a progressively tedious and downright interminable. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive design. Can't quite justify an otherwise choppy sloppy penned rehash holy shit it is it is events event horizon <laughs> part two maybe <laughs> sloppy choppy is a good way to describe something quite yeah. like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i remember having fun hey, oh, let's get some of that sloppy choppy <laughs> it sounds Incredible. like something you'd order from like the worst possible chinese it's some sort of taco bell special meal <laughs> this is the weird thing about it it has garnered quite a good cult following from this most people i talk to who've seen 13 ghosts especially people who have that nostalgia for it i uh, really really enjoy it and think it's a kind of one of one of the seminal horror films growing up. Pre-warning, it is like Ghost Ship in that there's not that much, there's a really cool fucking death and there's one not the much else. Death. Well, this is the thing, like Tom, obviously we and you watched Event Horizon together. Good. You will get some score. You will get some, like, it's not one of those blue balls moments. Yeah, that was my main complaint for Event Horizon. Go listen to the episode if you haven't already. There's <laughs> Shameless plug. In there. uh, but my main complaint from it was just they're like constantly leading us up to like what looks like it's going to be an incredible space death yeah. and then just cuts away it's just like oh well nah. cool yeah there's literally a, I'm not going to go into the spike room it's upset me no. <laughs> about it. but I'm curious to wonder how much of 
of this movie underperforming was due to the fact that it was released a month after 9-11 and whether that was a factor. There is actually a scene, I will tell you before we watch it, the end scene, it's not really a spoiler, there's a scene where all the ghosts are kind of walking away from, from a house. They had to film that on 9-11. They filmed it on the morning of 9-11. <laughs> oh um, my God. And they obviously got the news and it was, I wonder kind of watching it now whether or not we can see kind of the reaction. They were literally filming it as the, as the towers were hit. So it's, it's kind of got its weird little history. Well, yeah, hopefully, it wasn't filmed in New York. I, mean, <laughs> I think you'd know. I think you, <laughs> that would be that would be pretty yeah, uh, pretty, pretty stressful situation. It's pretty fucked up. <laughs> so I don't know about you guys, but if you guys are ready, we usually obviously Tom, you've listened to the episodes before. We're going to do a little bit of trailer talk first. Yes, we sir. have a watch of the trailer, and we will we'll probably keep the recording going, and we'll get back to you in about two minutes once we've seen the trailer, guys. Yes, if please, you are give listening. me something to talk about because I have none. <laughs> Jack's yeah. just like, I want, give me something, give me something, guys. Cool. Let's put the trailer on and let's get back in a minute. Present the estate of your Uncle Cyrus. We have an Uncle Cyrus? Cyrus recorded this message six weeks ago. He asked it to be played for you in the event of his death. Arthur, I've instructed my lawyer to deliver my last will and testament. A key? A key to what? A key to your new house. This house is the fruit of my life's work. Oh my God. It is a one-of-a-kind home. It's marvelous, isn't it? Wow! Arthur, we've got some papers to sign in the library. After that, I would love to take you and the family around the tour of the house. This place is awesome! All right, now I know I'm dreaming. Well, your uncle was quite a collector of many things. Oh yeah! <laughs> I hope I hope Tom's laughing at the worst thing than one ghost is thirteen ghosts <laughs> moment. <laughs> All having a good old laugh. The only thing worse than being trapped in a house with one ghost. It's being trapped in a house of 13. Like, I think 14 would be worse. Like, if his only thing worse is 13. Nah. Two's not worse. Three's not worse. Four's not worse. Only 13. Like, oh, God, there's. I, would, I wouldn't like to be in a house with 100 ghosts either. I think that would be really bad. Let alone, for some reason, being in a house which is also the set of Cube. Oh, like, oh, what the, the fuck is going I get, Like we talked about in the Event Horizon episode, the, the level of, like, there's so many. <laughs> We're going to give Tom a moment to come back to reality. Matthew Lillard was like seconds away from going jinkies at the end of that fucking trailer. It's like, oh my god, that's brilliant! It's like if the Da Vinci Code was a game show. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Welcome to the Da Vinci Code. Sorry, Matthew Lillard. I think Jack can't have much more to talk about. Spooky. I told you nothing. I I don't know about you guys, but I was almost wrecked. Like that is such an exciting fucking moment. Like this movie. I don't know if it's just me. Maybe it's just me. You guys are just looking yeah, at me is, like I'm fucking nuts here. <laughs> but this is the coolest fucking movie that's ever ever been made. Nothing happened. You didn't that see was anything one of happened. the stupidest trailers I've ever seen in my life. The counting up from <laughs> one to thirteen is just <laughs> amazing. It's like okay, yeah, I get where you're going at. Oh, oh, we're oh, we're, oh, we're really this. committing oh, to the yeah. bit on this one, are we? <laughs> like we mentioned, like we mentioned on the Event Horizon episode, there's gonna be so much crossover with that. But do you kind of not miss this level of absurdity and this level of stupidity in movies? Not at okay, all. Fuck you. I like that it's kept in a, in a little bubble for me to go back and dip like in and out. If every trailer was like this, I would not be able to get through them to like watch a movie in the cinema. Because I'd have an epileptic fit after like 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Looking at the trailer, what are we thinking? What are we thinking? We're okay. You, you kind of. There's think- not much to think. The trailer doesn't show you anything but a lot of flashing and a few silly lines. When it counted up from one to thirteen, I thought it was at least going to show you ghost number one, ghost number two. Nah, random flashes of fuck all. Steel beams. It's just like visual noise. <laughs> like the whole trailer is just like someone screaming. That's way to describe the movie Thirteen Ghosts is just visual noise. When oh. Roger Ebert say it's kind of one of those, it's an overload of the senses moment where it's very loud, it's very obnoxious, it's very noisy, it's very that like 13 year old goth kid in his basement writing a baby's first screenplay moment where it's like, I'm just going to put in, I'm going to put in the prodigy, I'm going to put in like Oh, I hope the prodigy features in that <laughs> But like, can we talk a little bit about Matthew Lillard, because that's kind of one of the biggest exciting takeaways from me. And how mm-hmm. much, the treasure. How much we miss Matthew Lillard? He's not in enough. Why, where is Matthew Lillard? I want Matthew Lillard. He was in. He was in season three of Twin Peaks. Oh, really? <laughs> fucking amazing! I've not seen it yet. I don't know if any of you guys are Twin Peaks. Nope. Twin Peaks heads. No, no. no. middle aged lady. Oh. Not at the. I mean, I'm going. Such a casuals. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, like I grew up with them with Scooby Doo, the live action well. Scooby Doo films, which again, Scooby Doo. Say what you want about the Scooby Doo live action films, the casting was fucking, fucking spot on. Exceptional. This is like the golden age for. Matthew Lillard, the early 2000s. Like he was in Hackers, Scream. he was in 30 <laughs> Scream, without, yeah, of course. Was he, in without, he was in without, uh, without a Paddle, wasn't he, as well? I'm trying to think of no a shit, yeah. crossovers, yeah. This actually has a uncredited screenplay credit by James Gunn. Guy obviously worked on Scooby-Doo and he probably went on to do Guardians of the Galaxy, so he's we see in the early days of, of James Gunn's career as well, forming here. The man himself. The gun himself. Nope. No. No. No one laughed at it. I think she was laughing at him, not with him. It's okay. I didn't hear. It's probably best you didn't. I want to watch the movie. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm really excited to watch this with you. I'm really excited to show you three that you, you've never seen before. This is going to be an experience, non- regardless of whether you enjoy it, it's going to be an experience. Yeah, but you can always enjoy Matthew Lillard. Yeah, it looks like it falls. Always. It looks like it falls fatal of pretty much every single horror movie trope there is out there. Basically. Just from that trailer alone, I'm I'm experiencing full 90s mode. I know it's, it's in the uh, early 2000s, but that is just. <laughs> but at least like, in this, they try with the just course. The, the, the last one, the original, yeah. like fucking didn't put any ounce of effort in whatsoever. So. Is that like a homage to the original that they can't see the ghost without a the pair of without ghost glasses? Spiders, yeah. yeah. And then obviously there's still Amazing. 13 ghosts and Uncle Cyrus and the family. That's kind of nice that they've linked it back to the original, even if the original was shite. And this is also shite. But, you know, <laughs> it's nice that it's, uh, you I know. I say it's nice that it's linked, but it is a remake. Well, it's I'm totally to link it It is one thing like other thing in movie with same name. It's very heavily linked while still being different enough for it to be worthwhile being a, a remake and a different movie. So <laughs> Jack's just giving me death. Just, <laughs> I'm just getting absolutely fucking rinsed, my Jack. And yet he was, yet he was. seen the fucking poster. Like, which, what is going on one? there with those like great big? The one where it's like a collage yeah. of, of a face being made out of other people's faces, but the face has got like gigantic lips. Oh, that yeah. is terrifying. The vi- Again, what, what we'll see, oh what, I, what I think we'll see, because I, I, we already watched the movie, but I think what you'll take away from it, Tom, is a lot of what you took away from Event Horizon, that it's it's visually really impressive. Like, all of the ghosts visually are really impressive. It's not a bit gratuitous. The set. From the, like, the two seconds of ghosts that we saw in the trailer for 13 Ghosts, in between all of the numbers and the titles. <laughs> and the, and the and ear-deafening. Incredible Matthew Lillard faces. They looked really cool. I like the Mikolash Cage head. Is that <laughs> Nick- Harley Quinn as well? Harley Quinn seems to be... All I can see is a boobs. Is this the big titty woman? Oh, I didn't see. I don't know if I. Oh wait, hold on. 
Yes. <laughs> Tom's just searching up. Sean the lawyer as the angry prince. Tom just. Oh my god! No, I'm looking away. Tom, I don't want to spoil the thirteen ghosts for myself. I'm just googling ghost porn right now. Ooh, ghost movies. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's get on with watching the movie then. Um, if you are listening at home and you do want to pop it on, it is free on Netflix. Woo! I think it could just. Woo. I think it literally just came free on Netflix. Literally the day before. It was literally yesterday. Like Netflix is on our side right now. Thank you, Netflix. Let's uh, let's turn the podcast off and we will see you in about 90 minutes, guys. Right, boys and girls. I don't know. Is that, are we all right? You're eating a bag of crisps. So you're not ready. I've eaten the first hour and I was hungry and wanted anything about <laughs> Is that our problem? <laughs> Ryan's just shoveling several, several crisps into his mouth at once. He's, he's the podcast. This is the podcaster's creed is thou shalt not eat on mic. How dare you? Okay, boys and girls, we are back from watching 113 Ian Ghosts, um, the most epile- epileptic inducing movie you'll ever see in your fucking life. Epileptic. I am joined by everyone you heard before. So we've got Ryan, Jack, Hannah and Tom with us. Um, we are all, yeah, how are we feeling, guys? I'm feeling suitably spooky. Um, I'm feeling like I want to start dressing like Matthew Lillard that more often. <laughs> He's that got suit. that pimp energy, hasn't he? He's like, like the red lined. Yeah, that suit. That suit. I like cheered when he when he started taking that ridiculous oh, jumpsuit God. off and was wearing like a, a stage magician's outfit underneath it. I was like, this movie is going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> I was right. I really enjoyed the text you sent me like ten minutes in. I just went. Of course, it's in Latin. <laughs> Because he comes in and he's like, he goes straight in and starts looking at the glass and he just goes, it's written in Latin. And I literally like sat a bottle right I was like, of course. <laughs> what else? Don't read it, whatever you do. Hannah was genuinely scared of this movie. Yeah, man, she was like <laughs> jumping, stressed. stressed. You don't watch many horror films, do you, Hannah? It's a, it's a rare occurrence for you. Even his fucking name sounds Latin. Cyrus Criticus. Doesn't it? <laughs> uh, I think you'll find it's noted adventurer Cyrus no. Criticus. <laughs> what do you have to do to be noted adventurer? I loved that. They just panned to the fuck. The amount of exposition in this movie is just absolutely hysterical, oh, but so the best good. bit is where they pan to noted adventurer Cyrus <laughs> Criticus. Yes, you couldn't tell by all the ghosts in his basement, he did some adventuring. <laughs> Uh, cool. I think before we get into the movie, if you, uh, yeah, if those people who have watched the movie, you'll know this already, but those of you who haven't, we'll do a 30 second synopsis, just really quickly round it up. I'll take it away. Uh, when Cyrus Criticus, a very rich collector, noted adventurer, mm-hmm. Cyrus Criticus, sorry. Thank you. Uh, he didn't spend four years of his life at adventuring school <laughs> for you just to call him Cyrus. Cyrus. Yeah. Uh, when he dies, he leaves all of his estate and his collection to his nephew in what is probably the most dramatic last will and testament you'll ever fucking see. I do want to mention that last will and testament on his fucking computer because genius. Oh my God, yes. I love the, the, the Apple edit, the, the, the iMac like editing in it as well. I, I, I have a whole like stream we'll of it. thoughts about we'll that. <laughs> so he leaves his entire house, his fortune, and his malicious collection of ghosts to his family. <laughs> Once they enter the home, chaos ensues as the walls start to shift, the cell doors open, and the ghosts are released. <laughs> this is the dumbest that, fucking movie I've ever seen. I love atmosphere. it so much. That's why you keep coming back. <laughs> That was amazing. Yeah, we just keep Hannah around was, for the folio effects. It was like I was right there in the glass house myself. <laughs> Get your fucking ghost goggles. Wait, on. hold on. I'll take my glasses. Oh my god, Hannah's not there. <laughs> 
Man, yeah, where do we where do we start? Like, let's let's just talk about kind of our first impressions. So watching obviously you three have never seen this before me and Ryan, this is this is my third time through, and every time I watch it, I just get more and more in love with it. But let's go to the newbies. I think we should just do a biopic of each ghost individually, one by one. No. Or we could not. I, I had to Google they've got it all written on the Wikipedia because no one knows who these ghosts are meant to be. <laughs> Apparently it was all in like the special edition DVD it had a little booklet and it had a little chapter on each ghost. Oh, so oh, I, I tried to write them down. Let's, let's list off the ghosts. I wrote them down as we went. I think I did, but someone count me down because I think I might have missed some as well. So you've got one, two. Uh, no, can I see if I can remember them? No, I, yeah, I was trying to remember all I'll of them. I'll test you, I'll test you. Okay, you had... Um, you had the naked booby lady. That's her official name. She's called the princess. Uh, the angry princess. You had the naked, angry princess. You had um, the really big guy who was covered in nails. Yeah, I had a bad day at the staple factory. Name. I just put spiky guy. The down. hammer. The hammer. The hammer. Um, you had the trucker, um, <laughs> the, and he was just he was just big. That was his thing. He was, the, he was just a big guy. The juggernaut. Yeah. Uh, there was a treat boy and his mum. Um, there was, yeah. <laughs> what there was, what do you get when you go down? <laughs> and then there was a, a, a lady in bondage gear, a child yeah. with an axe in his head, and uh, a head. very sick mum. And the baseball yeah. guy. And, oh, missing- yeah, and, and, and oh, the baseball guy. Well, you're, you're missing two. I think you're missing two. You've got one that oh, and the, oh god, um, Mikolash. No, 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 you're still missing Michael two. Michael Nightmares. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Ashton's Nightmares. And, oh, fuck, who was the last one? The, you got the torso. Just literally oh, the torso. torso. Oh, fuck, <laughs> yeah. crawling around. That really should have been uh, 12 and a half ghosts, really. 12 and a half ghosts. <laughs> the new movie title, yeah. Yeah, well, Hannah, Hannah and Jack, what do, we, where, what do we think? We'll start with you two. What, Hannah, you, you had a pretty... I think an interesting reaction to this film. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to, to be honest. Yeah. It's not deserved of a 16%, is it? No, but this is right. This is the thing I want to kind of clarify. So 16% of Rotten Tomatoes, fully maligned. We were saying it's got an IMDb score of like 5.4 or something. So we have a lot of like, kind of a bit of disparaging between the critics and the fans. It has got a massive cult status now. Like, is it deserving of that cult status? Is it something we should revisit? Is it something we should kind of pay attention to or is it just completely wanky trash that we should ignore? I think it depends on what you go into this film wanting, what yeah. sort of genre you're expecting. Like, Compare it to Hereditary. That's what I mean, it's a completely different kind of like... Yeah, I, exactly. I, I, you cannot <laughs> compare the two. <laughs> <laughs> one just makes you miserable. This one just makes you like, I don't know what happened there. It's just, it was like some sort of seizure. It was amazing. <laughs> I think the first thing that I saw I was like, oh, it's going to be a one of them, is when the van hit the gate and there was loads of sparks flying <laughs> Yes. It's going to be a generous. My first note is exploding truck. <laughs> and then a truck full of blood? you got to be shitting me. <laughs> I think that whole scene in the junkyard and then cutting immediately to the credits with the exposition dump about the family was so jarring and it was just so, like, atonal, wasn't uh, it? The scene was so weird. The fireball starts going off as it's padding through the house. I thought it was a really good scene, but it does not fit in the context of the truck full of blood. And then there's this like quite heartbreaking scene of a man's life falling apart. And then it goes back to being like kind of wacky. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I think again, like you, it's one of those films where you can you can without knowing what decade it was made in, you can already tell based on the aesthetic, based on the soundtrack, based based on, the, on having Matthew Illard in it. Yeah, just based on how you, <laughs> pretty much. I do love the kid, like the the opening with the kid of the future podcaster who's just <laughs> obsessed. Oh, he's so he's, he starts a true crime podcast yes. right after this movie's finished, right? <laughs> So good. He was he was the uh, obviously meant to be growing up to be a podcaster all the way down to the misogyny. Like he's just immediately oh, jumps in and calls his sister a bitch. A bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the nanny who the family the family is in extreme debt? Okay, the family is in so with. much debt, and yet they pay for a nanny who apparently does fuck all. Absolutely like, baffling. <laughs> <laughs> They're just paying for a squatter, basically, aren't they? I have them take care of each other. Well, yeah, this is the thing. The, the most she does is lose the child. That, that again, that's her like defining characteristic. And what we were saying, I think me and you will probably pick up this. The Event Horizon. You have a, an African American actor whose entire purpose for being there is to be stereotypically African American. Yeah, yeah. absolutely bonkers. Guessed. Well, she was the. Um, oh God, I had a, her name written down, but I don't want. Is Ra, Ra Digger? <laughs> <laughs> what a name okay yeah that's dangerously close to a slur yeah so Ra Digger um, she is a rapper um, and oh, she did really? the, the theme song at the end of the, no, of the movie shit, oh, yeah. no but this is Catwoman all over again <laughs> is that where all her lines were just at the end credits <laughs> oh my god maybe <laughs> But yeah, no, I, there were some scenes in this where, I mean, there was a, there's a particular scene in it which I might have been, you know, special snowflake, bit too sensible, uh, sensitive in this. But there was a point at which Matthew Lillard turns to her and goes, what is it with you people? Why don't oh, you yeah. understand? And I was just like, he's only Calm looking at her it. in this seat. This whole movie had like a, a strange <laughs> racist undercurrent to it that yeah. I couldn't quite... Oh. It's it's got the whole 2000s Marlon Wayans and like literally yeah. the line, I'm not getting paid enough for this yeah. shit. It's just like, a, <laughs> well, she, she, like so that? fucking... <laughs> she like, she's also like, very undeserved. She absolutely in no way deserves to pay her eyes. Well, she has this like, <laughs> line where she's like, oh, I'm surrounded by these crazy ass white people as well, which just, yeah, the, this the very right, very late 90s, very early 2000s, stereotypical... Wait, when was it made? 2001, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, explains that then. Yeah. So four years after Event Horizon, and fuck does it show? <laughs> well, again, like we're talking about the similarities. So we, I think, I think, are we the only people here who've seen Event Horizon? Who else has seen Event Horizon? In the Did room? you make me watch it with you? I've made you watch it. I thought I fell asleep several times so, yeah. through Event Horizon. To be fair, you can watch the whole movie with your eyes closed because you don't need them to see it. That's a that's no, a deep cut. Liam Owens. And fans of warm tins and fans, and of, fans of warm tins yeah. and event <laughs> But yeah, we get that. Um, so we get the scene where the, uh, we get the scene where the lawyer who, did anyone catch the lawyer's name? The, the uh, beneficiary, the guy who- Smuggy kind of, McGee. Smuggy McGee. Smuggy McGee. Smuggy. Yeah, he kind of delivers what is the most like dramatic will and testament you'll ever see in your entire life with uh, just so unpractical and just so- <laughs> I love that he must have designed it so that the window cut out and then came yeah. back in. Like, that was perfect. Yes. Like, do you think he was just sat there beforehand on, like, like Photoshop or Crave or something? Like, like, so this is really good. <laughs> the, the thing I can compare it to the most is, is it... No, it's not Douglas Renan, but it's his dad, isn't it, in the IT oh, crowd? Yes. His, yes. his eulogy <laughs> is the closest thing in any other media I've seen to that fucking, like, bequeathment video. No, turn off the video. So good. Father, all these people are my friends. Anything you can say to me, you can say to them. Now, is, there are some illegal accounts. <laughs> ah, smoke. It is the, it is the like, the... 
ridiculously campy, almost John Waters esque. Like you must spend a night in a haunted house <laughs> so in order to good. get to my inheritance. <laughs> it's it's brilliant, and it kind of sets the tone, I think, for the rest of the movie right away. You know, you're right, Jack. When you said you know, ten minutes in, what kind of movie you're you're getting getting yourself prepared for. And I think from there, it doesn't really let up. The, the film has this really cool structure where it's kind of almost like this continuous ticking clock, where the second they enter the house and the second they, they trigger the death machine, basically, this... Which is just a suitcase. It was on yeah, the pedal. he picks up a suitcase, which is literally on. It's a set of car... Uh, pedals yeah. you can see it yeah. it looks like yeah. a set of car pedals you've got a clutch a brake you've got this a... ridiculously like mad machine house with all these cool crazy doors but what lets it up is it is a car pedal well you're assuming cyrus <laughs> set that up right like that was cyrus setting yeah it of up. course he did yeah but again it's just you're right it's scooby-doo-esque and they even have the scene about halfway through where they have right this is taking too long <laughs> let's split it let's up. split up i'm like right. <laughs> thanks fred no, but we, uh, yeah, so they, they, they arrive at the house, you, right where you said before, before we went on our break, Tom, you said it's basically the house from the cube. Like, it's like yes. you live inside of the cube. There is <laughs> a cube. The least, the least, what did you say, Jack, about them bringing shopping in or something? Like, Oh, I was just saying, like, oh, could you imagine having to bring your Tesco shopping from, from that house? It's like you're going to have to wait 45 seconds for the door mechanism to release. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you went to the lobby. Good. Ice cream's melting. Ice cream's melting. Doors. Come on, hurry up. <laughs> Come back an hour when we're back through the phases. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but you're right. Like you, you're right. They they put the key in, and the key then like triggers a lever, and the lever triggers a metronome, and the metronome turns the like, electricity on. And it's the just, whole like, house is just a great big Rube Goldberg machine. And it's, it's so it's good. Trap. Yes. <laughs> well, like what, we've seen a hand. Like what happens when it's like an especially sunny day in this glass fucking house? Is it just, <laughs> is it just like they're suffocating? They're like, were, were there any windows? Well, we're like, talking about the walkie-talkie building in London, weren't we? That was yeah. melting cars on the street down. <laughs> yeah. That I'm glad he's gonna have his own plot of land because he just fucking like melts. The second it's over like 18 degrees, it just, everyone just starts like melting inside and hyperventilating and just no aspirating. Make sure you hide all the paper. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many. I wonder how many forest fires. I wonder how many forest fires this house has started. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get to this house. It, it they they you're right. They lift the suit, the briefcase up, and it just it just starts this. You're right, Rube Goldberg machine trap, and with all the. And to be fair, to get to its credit, the house is beautifully designed. Like similar again to Event Horizon, you've got this gorgeous set, and you've got these really mm. cool practical effects with it as well. And then all the all the whoever was in charge of the set design, kudos to you because you again stand out of the film. Like you were kind of yeah. wasted with the plot so, and direction. Was it <laughs> Steve Beck who did that? Because that was his thing, wasn't it? That his like right. So yeah, was- Steve Beck was a massive visual effects artist back in the the nineties. Like he worked on some massive like so he worked yeah, with Cameron, Jones, right? yeah, Spielberg. So no, you- Hannah did not just know something. She did. We, you very we, recently looked this up, correct? Like this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve Beck did visual effects for Red October. Fuck. Uh, yeah, yeah. Abyss, I think, was the one as well. Yeah, The Abyss as well, yeah. And Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. There it is. Yeah, man. Um, it's, you, you can clearly... The guy's uh, the guy's heart was clearly in practical effects and uh, special effects, so you can see a lot of that influence, I think, in So this I'm going to make Escape Room the movie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying how good of a, a Escape Room or like a haunted house ride would this be in real life? Just kind of... I thought it was it. going to be a setup for a video game at one point, because I was like looking through it, and there's like, okay, well, <laughs> here's all of the rooms, and there's 
certain paths that you can walk on that are ghost proof and some of the rooms <laughs> have power ups in them like glasses that let you see ghosts like Spy Kids well, we, have the, we have the actor from Spy Kids in as well don't we it's a Tony Shalhoub who from, who's from, he's in Spy Kids right yeah, he, yeah he's the yeah, he's, he's the real criminal mastermind yeah. behind the whole thing I feel like you would go absolutely insane with about three four days of living in this glass palace like I don't actually think anyone <laughs> could practically live here just passively pick up Latin as you go yeah walls every day but, but we have some really cool scenes at the very start where the the lawyer uh, probably I, I have been really excited to talk about this scene probably my favourite death scene in any horror film ever oh my god a vertical yeah. bisection <laughs> I was so, so happy I like so good. <laughs> so so good do you reckon oh. famous famous explorer Cyrus Criticus has a guy who just sharpens his doors for him <laughs> <laughs> was he sitting there doing it himself do but like again again just harkening back to Event Horizon who where, where was the planning team what was the, 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 the again the safe Guarding the 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 planning commission was like <laughs> right guys. So my house, I need thirteen individual cla- glass prisons in the basement. I need doors that can slice people in two and in twain, this giant he hell portal in the middle. Again, like where do you where do you get the construction rights for this? Like in what in what state in America is this okay to build? Well, at this point, as we discussed, Event Horizon had come out, so he just walked into like the most insane architects he could find. He'd be like, right, you ever seen Event? horizon get me a gravity drive stat <laughs> they knew exactly what they were doing but yeah that, that for me anyway that lawyer's death scene is a stroke of cinematic genius it's Incredible. on it's on par with the director's second film ghost ship which i know me and hannah and ryan i think you've seen there's a scene in ghost ship where the it's like the first death where he just um absolutely obliterates a whole passenger ship of like 30 people with a with a bit of copper wire and just completely copper wire well, what, yeah i don't it's know. The, those steel cables that keep things the mass down. Oh it my god! Just and slices through an entire dance floor. Literally yeah. Like <laughs> I feel like I feel like I was dancing on the captain's <laughs> shoes, and he just slides in half, and you just see her walking up. And half the last one because for about a minute after the, the wire goes through them, it just gives you shots of each of their faces as they're all looking horrified at each other. Just oh my god! For them yeah. All to drop. Parts just loosen off. Like, it's incredible. Can we? So again, like this director Steve Beck, he clearly has an eye for really interesting, intricate death scenes. Like he's got that creativity and I was saying it's kind of a shame he stopped directing after well, Ghost Ship. Well, actually the only cool death scenes I can remember, correct me if I'm wrong she might write, are just chopping people in half. He likes, he the likes problem, completely dissecting people. The problem both the movies have is that the best death scenes are at the very beginning. The no- mm, first noble yeah. death is with the lawyer in 13 Ghosts where the house changes for the first time. The first ghost gets released and he gets sliced in half. That's the best kill in the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. From there it's yeah. pretty weak. Yeah. It's like he thinks up an idea for a film goes, oh, I'm going to slice someone in half, then goes, fuck the rest. (laughs) That'll do. I've realised as well that, like, while I suppose the ghosts are doing a lot of the murders by, like, moving people into different places... All of the deaths in this film are just the house yeah. killing environmental people. It's not the ghosts. The ghosts are just like yelling boo at the right moment and then they die with the notable exception of Matthew Lillard who gets split in half by oh, a big ghost. Again, just, his, his spine is just absolutely disintegrated, isn't it? Like, it no, it's incredible. I do feel like Matthew Lillard overacting is the best thing about this film. Well, apart from maybe the death scene, the, the lawyer's death, Matthew Lillard overacting. You can always rely on them to be 
like coming hot. The, 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 the biggest reason that immediately this film is better than the 1960s version is because it has Matthew Lillard in it. Like, I'm very aware. <laughs> Absolutely. That he would have been like minus 40 at the time of the, the original version, but I don't give a shit. Like, every film be a massive improvement with Matthew Lillard. Like, just throw him in there. Like, the ghost didn't actually do much in the first one either. In the original, I think the chef had a temper tantrum in the kitchen, hoist a knife at the wall, but that's as much as the ghost did. Yeah, the ghost in the original fine. were just fucking around. Pretty like, chill. Yeah. I think the family let live with them at the end. I quite liked that in this one there were like uh, they've got all the all of the obviously the thirteen ghosts. Yeah. Uh, he said it, but um, <laughs> the movie. Like, <laughs> but I quite like the fact that they're all like they've all got different personalities, and some yeah, of the ghosts just don't seem to want to do yeah. anything. Like the, the bloody gut lord is just sort of standing He's- around, like Why are you interrupting <laughs> me. I'm supposed to be. Taking my mother on the walk. <laughs> he's living his best fucking life. He's just getting baby, like he's just getting spoon fed. Like I, that would be me as a ghost. If I was a ghost in this house, I would just be. You're right. Like yeah, ghostly like treat boy. I was saying to Hannah at one point. Yeah, like this is the thing. One of them's having a bath. One of them's getting her nails done. They're just going on a fucking shopping. One's on Amazon. Just. <laughs> But yeah, but what what does kind of separate this film from the from the sixties version, especially I think, is a lot of the personality and the ghosts and the fact that more time was clearly spent on the set design, the costume design, the makeup design, which is pretty exceptional throughout, and the uh, and and the the gore effects, everything visually works. Whereas I think a lot of the actual elements, like the film itself, the plot makes no fucking goddamn sense. So the basic plot is they're trying to open their... They built this machine called the Ocularis Infernum, which again, just the name of my next death... It's a gravity drive. The name of my next death metal album, just absolutely fantastic. Um, And yeah, the, the point is... See the future. To see the future, which... Okay, yeah. and they I do it to open the portal to hell. No, 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 it was created. See, I thought it was to open the portal to hell as well. By hell, the devil with and it's powered by spirits. Yeah, they even said designed yeah. by the devil, powered by the dead. Which again, just the most metal thing you'll ever. So you're going to be able to see the future, and the future's going to be you're all going to get obliterated because you've opened a portal to hell. You Literally, fucking idiots. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out how it works. And it, yeah, no. So would would the ghost just permanently, forever, and always stand around this thing, and it would just yeah, let him pop into the future every now and then? I don't know. Maybe once you kill the thirteenth ghost, which you didn't get, no, the thirteenth ghost is a failsafe. So that's. To, no, I thought that was a lie yeah, to trick the dad into doing it, you dickhead. Oh, yeah, shit. You've watched this twice now, Liam. I know. <laughs> no, I just don't, you don't pay attention. The ghosts keep tricking him. Well, yeah, it's, it, it, this is the thing. The plot, the narrative it is on par with your average Scooby-Doo episode. Like, it's, it's no... It's no <laughs> well, the ghosts actually get free to go torment the world. I do like, yeah, they're just like, right, you guys go... It's like the scene at the end of Jurassic... Has anyone seen the, the newest Jurassic Park film where they just release all the dinosaurs? <laughs> and they're just like, right, that, that's, that's <laughs> fine. They'll have no consequences. <laughs> yeah. Ghosts have rights too. Ghosts have, yeah. They just start the ghost, uh, the ghost. Um, yep. Fucking. Oh, but let me. <laughs> yeah, what was up with like ghost, ghost Peter yeah, yeah, in that movie? Peter. Like, there's the lady who at first is like a ghost rights activist, and then she just immediately betrays them. I guess because you know they're dead, and ghost rights are really stupid. <laughs> Uh, but I do love how, like, you're right, the, the distinct personality of each of the ghosts really lends itself. Like, you kind of want to learn more about them. I almost feel like the film doesn't give you enough. And especially, like, the... the, the I mean, Tom specifically looked them up. Well, I was going to say, you had to... You were saying on the Blu-ray they go a bit more into depth. Is there, like, a director's? Is it, or is it, like, a like a booklet or something that we get? Or is it... So, uh, they've got all of the texts on, uh, on the Wikipedia page under the category of The Ghosts. The ghosts. Um, and it's got just like a very brief bio of what each of them are. They're pretty sort of pretty standard. Know, they're not. They're not. Yeah, 
I I thought I just to hark on what you were saying there, Liam. Like I thought the um the movie was going to spend more time with mm. the ghost. Like when they, when they do that scene with the lady in the yeah, bath, which I thought that it was almost like quite sympathetically yeah, shot. No. Like she she's sort of going, "I'm sorry," and then she, it's almost like she's like waiting for her to go away. She doesn't. I didn't find her like too menacing in that. Besides well, the, the fact. The- you have the little kid with the arrow through his head as well. Like, yeah, he's like, just hanging out. He's just chilling, man. He's just fucking... The torso is literally out. just sitting there. Like, <laughs> I don't know what... <laughs> Can you call that sitting if you haven't got an arse at that point? Are you just like... You- it's a bit hard to play expression with just, like, pecs, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. How do you do that? Well, Terry Crews manages. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't all the ghosts chanting in Latin at the end? What was the torso doing? Just clapping. He was just doing Morse code, just dotting on the floor, just knocking. Um, but yet again, like uh, we, we get to probably the best ghost in the film is the jackal. Oh, easy. Easily the best ghost, which is the kind of was almost like the poster child for the film, the one with its uh, cage head. The, the, the cage, cage. The, the, yeah, the yeah. cage instead. Yeah. Uh, and one of my also all-time favorite scenes, uh, aside from the lawyer getting split into, is when uh, he's just decimating Sh- uh, Shannon. Is it Shannon Elizabeth the actress? I mean, you know yeah. what it yeah. is. <laughs> when he's just going to town on Shannon Elizabeth, and he like he's like slashing at her, and he just gratuitously rips her bra open, and you get that <laughs> scene where you're like, yeah. yeah. Backstory is brutal. Ooh, Which one, the jackal? Well, the jackal. The jackal. Yeah. So, born to a prostitute in 1887, Ryan Cun. Is that how you say that? Ryan, it's a fallen, it's a fallen word, Hannah. Ryan, Ryan. <laughs> he developed a sick appetite for women attacking and raping strays and prostitutes in the night. He voluntarily went to an institute for treatment to cure his problem, but the medical practices made him much worse, causing him to go completely insane after years of solitary confinement, having his head locked in a cage after breaking out of his straitjacket and developing a hatred of humanity. When the asylum burst into flames, he chose to stay behind and perish in the fire. His ghost carries his torn straitjacket with a torn cubic head cage. It is a, it, what? It is called a sign of Hell's Winter. He is one of the more aggressive and violent. Like you got stuck on the word cold there. <laughs> <laughs> so close to being perfect. A lot of the actual scenes with the ghosts, you're right. They're either they are just fucking with them. Like he he could probably rip Shannon Elizabeth to shreds, but instead he wants to take her clothes off very gradually. <laughs> we have this thing where you, you almost wonder what the tone of this film was intending to be because you have all these really quick edits. Yeah. And I was saying about halfway through, I feel like it's more of a of an action film rather than a horror film. And I wonder whether a lot of the negative reviews and the negative reception was came from that because there's not really a moment where it's tense or scary or... Tell it, Anna. Well, yeah, apart, yeah Hannah saying, was just shitting herself the entire time, but... I thought it was at some t- at some points. I thought it was a parody. Like I yeah, thought it was in the yeah. same sort of ballpark as like Scream. I mean, Matthew Lillard's character basically exists to just be the audience <laughs> a lot of the time, where he's just like, yeah. and that whole scene where he's trying to just like explain the concept of ghosts to a man who won't believe him. I'm like, yeah. they've got to be joking with this. Like yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. He's just he's using every word but ghost. Aberrations, wraiths, evidence. Fine, man, I'll break it down for you. Fucking ghosts, man! <laughs> Maybe he was stoned at the time. Maybe. He, he, he definitely Jack- was. <laughs> You'd have to be, I feel like, right? He's Matthew like he- Lillard, right? He's shaggy. That's It's just it, it's in his contract. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack, you were saying there's quite a few like direct references to like other horror films as well. Like You have the scene yeah. in the bathtub with The Shining. Wasn't there as well, um, when the lawyer arrives, it looks like The Exorcist, like he's coming yeah, down the, thing the slow the walk. Silhouette. There's so yeah. much needless slow-mo in this film. Like, a crazy Again, amount. 
Yeah, when she jumps on the bed and the audio isn't slowed down on it, but the video is. And I just remember thinking, that's a a choice, that. That is a choice. (laughs) They did it a lot. To give the audience that time to just reset their senses for the next sort of, like, onslaught. Yeah, because it it is. The entire movie is an assault on the senses. It's one of those, like, super quick cut, intense music. You don't get a second to let your eyes focus on one thing. Every ghost gives off sparks when it hits or touches anything. Yeah, I do love how everything sparks. (laughs) I love the fact that they've got ghosts and they're using them to... In basically the same way that they'd use like an orc or something from Lord mm. of the Rings. Like these ghosts aren't spooky. They just sort of blunder around and attack <laughs> yeah. everything. <laughs> Zero subtlety is the is the key, I think. And that's, yeah. uh, that's I think it's a lot of films in this era and this kind of genre as well. From the beginning, you have this kind of really cool set where I think they could have played with a lot more tension and they could have had these long lingering scenes and especially in this like creepy glass house and yet they go immediately for the gusto, which I again I kind of appreciate a little bit because it is it's just a roller coaster from the beginning. And it doesn't let you get bored. Like there's not a moment where in the film you're like, right, this is slowing down. I'm starting to get a bit dreary. It's it, it. There isn't a moment where you even have a chance to catch your breath, and I kind of appreciate that. Yeah, I just. I also don't feel like they make movies like this anymore. It's it's such a product no. of its time. It kind of it has that like that reminder of like going into a blockbuster video for any of our listeners who are under the age of I don't know like twenty. Blockbuster video was a thing where you used to be able to go and actually pick up a video. It was like Netflix, but in real life. I um, mean, it just feel like checking out a movie. Like you would just see the cover, and you're right. Like Tom, that poster, that like Halibut-esque. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Just, you would see it. And you're like, this is the one. This will this will do. This this is gonna ch- a cheap Friday. We'll get a takeaway. We'll have a, a maybe a bottle of wine, whatever it is, and have a silly Friday night. Such a lucky dip when you look back on it in hindsight, wasn't it? Now, yeah. Before I watch anything these days, I'll check on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes to see if it's worth my time, and then you'll make me watch it anyway, even when it isn't. There's almost like a level of earnestness there as well, though. I think with that, like I feel like if you picked this one up, right, you'd look at the front cover. Actually, I don't know what anyone would do. You look at the front cover because it's batshit as it is. But I think you'd be happy when you watched it. I mean, it was just insane. If you go for that cover, yeah, the cover looks insane. The movie's insane. You get what you got. I think you're not you're just not going to yeah. bored and I do feel like even the actors I don't feel like anyone on this set had a bad time everyone's kind of you're right dialing oh, it up to 11 yeah man Matthew Lillard is having he's a having blast the, best. the whole way he just rubs his glasses when he's a ghost at the end I was wondering still this. can't see without it <laughs> <laughs> Well, like there was the ghost with the IV bag as well. Like, does she does she still need the IV bag? Is that providing her ghostly sustenance? Like, what's <laughs> going on there? Uh, Tony Shalhoub, uh, Shannon Elizabeth, fucking F. Murray Abraham as the notorious adventurer Cyrus. Yeah, Cyrus. he's playing it at eleven. And again, I think Cyrus he kind of exudes that almost like yeah, Vincent Price esque energy. Was- brilliant in the car junkyard just stood there as like the evil yes. thing behind him like the real like the real standouts are the set designs the 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 practical effects everything and the acting like it, that's the same with a lot of these movies that we go through they put a lot of time into sets look at that avatar yeah the sets were really nice everything else around it's Pretty me. Oh, yeah. story too. oh shit, yeah, man. Feel bad for the production designers because you know that they'll want to put stuff like this <laughs> on their like CV and be like, look, I made all the sets for 13 ghosts. And people will be like, what? <laughs> I've literally never, that's not a real movie. <laughs> this poster doesn't even look like a movie poster. It looks like a thousand others. Um, but I do think, is this worth reevaluating? Is this worth sitting down and thinking, right, this is an entertaining romp. It's, it's definitely nothing good. It's nothing you could ever really have the argument and say this is particularly well made but it is enjoyable like i i don't know how you guys felt with regards to kind of rewatchability and just enjoyment levels but i think this is an enjoyable ride from beginning I, to end i, I don't managed think it's to rewatch boring. it 
But I think the renaissance that we're in with horror movies at the moment is going to top any film from around the 90s. I think if you were around a meet and someone said, right, I'm going to put 13 ghosts on because no one else has seen it, I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch it again. That's class. Like it was. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, like beers in, you have a bit of a laugh, you watch it. I wouldn't watch it like, I don't know, Saturday night by myself. I know what I'm going to watch. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't know at this point because I have a sort of unique brain sickness where I actually enjoy terrible, like I seem to enjoy bad we've, movies we've more than normal, like yeah, good exactly. ones now. It, it feels like, it's like brain rot. Like it's it's hard to just enjoy good films. But I really enjoyed 13 Ghosts, even though I, like it's one of, like you say, it is one of those like chuck it on yeah. after you've had a couple of drinks, watch it with a few mates. You're going to have a good time. You probably won't no. be bored. No. The movie does treat you like an idiot. Oh, <laughs> like it's just constantly reminding you of the plot, Exposition. which is helpful if you are an idiot like me as well, because then <laughs> I actually know what's going on most of the time. So as it was still unsure about what the machines were and what everything did. So hey, they were there to look evil and for people to fall into. <laughs> I think that's. Yeah. I, do like it. I do think watching it sixteen percent is a bit unfair. Yeah, man. But I think five out of ten on IMDb is about. Yeah, that's more accurate. I think yeah. that's pretty yeah. much yeah. perfectly enjoyable. People. Piece of trash. It's better than it is. Five five is rounded up to ten. If you're going to do a one digit, <laughs> you know, five doesn't get rounded up to zero. So, I think, so essentially, you're saying it's a ten out of ten film. No, no, don't. <laughs> I, want, I want that soundbite of Jack saying it's a ten out of ten. Film. <laughs> I mean, you're right. It's something you put on in the background of a Halloween party. It's something yeah. that is is perfectly. It's perfectly. It's it's so dumb that you can't really. It's it's equal parts dumb as it is is fun. And you're right. Like I, sometimes you kind of don't want to sit down. And as much as I, I appreciate directors like Ari Aster and Adam Wingard and, and Jordan Peele, the ones who are making the more kind of the nuance, the the intellectual the good horror. horror. Um, sometimes you want a piece of shit. Yeah, the good horror. <laughs> sometimes you just want to shut your brain off and just watch a piece of garbage. You're absolutely right. It's it's zero energy viewing is what what yeah, I would probably call it. But it's more of a dumb action movie than it is a. Chill horror movies. Yeah. Slightly more adult Scooby Doo. Yeah, I do like how they. Um, I do like how they eventually defeat the ghosts. It's just the uh, just the babysitter just fucking around with the with the, the spell. Oh, the sound, oh, system. sound system. Right. <laughs> We're going to talk about like the sort of bizarre, like odd current of racism. The fact that they added like it. DJ scratches over her yeah, doing man. that. <laughs> I was just, yeah, just like, what the? Fuck? I thought she was about to break it down. Like <laughs> she's on hip hop dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I will I'll challenge challenge you 13 ghosts to a dance off. <laughs> I do love the fact that Arthur just kind of yeets himself into the middle of this machine somehow, like just clears it. Like he's an Olympic fucking long jump. Like that was his past like life. A hundred percent sure. I was a thousand percent sure that it was going to be he'd jump and get shredded, and then it would go to Matthew Lillard and him be like Ha ha, now I've succeeded in my plan. Like, I was so ready for that. And then when it ended with a happy ending, I was just, it was like a gut punch. (laughs) I wanted to see him get Cyrus in that, like, big blender. Sorry, family, you get to stay together. (laughs) That final scene, though, that's the scene. So the scene, I text you as it was gone, the scene where they were all walking away from the house. That was the 9-11 scene. So there's that, like, almost, like, uncomfortable air of, like, oh, smoking house. I remembered that when I was watching, and it, it seemed very dignified to have them all fade out uh, on the day that 9-11 was happening and the very last figure that you see of those ghosts is the guy who's pretending to be a gorilla and is like jumping around <laughs> just, I was just imagining him doing that and just being like oh my god 
God, America's under attack. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> wah, I'm a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fitting. Just, <laughs> <laughs> they, just, they just flashed over like an in memoriam scene afterwards. <laughs> oh God. Um, I let's let's do a little. Um, is there any particular scenes we want to talk about that we haven't mentioned yet? What what's kind of sticking in people's minds? Obviously, we've discussed kind of the big ones, but is there anything that's really standing out still? Well, the the ghost on the lady betraying them out of nowhere was yeah. so weird. <laughs> yeah, She's at the very start no helping the random guy like try and free the ghost the ghost right. He gets killed. She's trying to then help the family in the house and then at the very end it's like nah I've been in love with Cyrus the entire time. Was- and she starts like simping like daddy daddy did I do okay daddy? So mad, weird. Daddy. So weird. It squishes there between the wall. <laughs> yeah my thing for that was the fact that it was never explained why uh, legendary adventurer Christmas no <laughs> Cyrus Atticus, not Christmas Atticus. He's a legendary adventurer, freedom of respect. Crispus Atticus. No, it never explained why Cyrus Atticus did slit his own throat, but it's totally fine. Let's talk about that, because he's just walking. He didn't even change clothes. He didn't even stitch it up. He's dead, though. No, no, no. He's dead. He was that he was literally the old man withers under the Scooby-Doo mask. It's just like, I was actually a man all along. <laughs> we're assuming that this this takes place like a couple, at least a couple of months after that big uh, junkyard 100%. scene. So he's been walking around. He's been walking around in the same clothes with the same fucking huge gash on his neck, entirely, entirely for dramatic effect. He's like, this what? is this is gonna get them right. <laughs> I assume in between hand he did do so. Yeah, he didn't just like method acting. He hides underground for six months. This is gonna really freak them the fuck out. Myself in the basement with twelve of the terrifying ghosts. Four months until they get here, I'll be the right level of me. Just really sell it. His entire plan hinged on them not taking those glasses off. Literally, literally. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love it. I still, this is like my second time in this year seeing this film. That's the level of ad- admiration I have. Because it's, you're right, it's it's a perf- It's almost the perfect dumb fun movie. It's almost the one that you can, I I could safely show this to anyone in my friendship group and say, look, you're not, you're not going to think this is anything exceptional, but you are going to enjoy the fuck out of this whole thing. Like I had no problem recommending it to you because it does it feels like it's Event Horizon without the blue boarding it was better than Event Horizon I will will go on record and say I enjoyed this a lot more than Event Horizon because this didn't take itself very seriously like at all no not at all and it had its tongue firmly in its cheek Event Horizon is just grim as hell it is just miserable it's like this with none of the fun (laughs) and none of the jokes um but this was just brilliant. Like the perfect mix of taking itself just a little too seriously, but still having its tongue in its cheek. A perfect film. It's, 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 it's Scooby-Doo for adults. It's, mm. a, it's like, it's Scooby-Doo for um, people who want to see a bit of gore in their Scooby-Doo movie, I guess. <laughs> I could have done with some more. Who want to see... You want to see him Scooby the old man with his head off. <laughs> <laughs> taking the mask off with it, just muscle decapitating his head. <laughs> I could have done with some more agency from the ghost, some of them. Mm. Yeah. Like, I, I want to see, like, the big baby and the little mother, like, her chopping them up and the baby eating little chunks yes. of people. Yes, yeah. I could have done something a little There's bit There's a more couple of them that just didn't get anything to do other than stand around. Have the little boy with the tomahawk actually cut someone with it. Yeah, he's just, like, hanging out. He's just sitting there, like, doing mischief. Like, sitting on the ceiling going, <laughs> ah, there he goes! Nah, you're not coming past me! <laughs> I'll chop your fucking head off! <laughs> 
but I think, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, I'm kind of ready to talk about like final uh, favorite scenes and then final thoughts. So let, let's just kind of quickly go around the room and say fi- favorite scenes because it's it's the it's the lawyer scene. It's the lawyer getting <laughs> dissected. <laughs> I don't. I can speak for every single person here. It's the lawyer scene. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it is, that is. Because- Yes. I'm not going to fight you on that at all. No, I think it's got to be a truck full of blood. You've got to be shitting me. You've got to be shitting me. Because it was just the most shaggy <laughs> delivery of shaggy and shaggy thing I've ever shaggied. Uh, either that or when noted adventurer Cyrus Criticus gets thrown in the blender. I think that was that was really good to see. Oh, it was pretty good. We an actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Hello? The lawyer, the, the scene where the lawyer actually tells them that they've got the house and it's like the little video where he goes, Eight, still not gone. Yeah. Still Maybe I'll see you again. I, I want to see the behind the scenes scene of the of Cyrus of noted adventurer Cyrus making that will and testament. It was like, oh, I'm going to add some After Effects in here. If I just like move it, even his background, even his wallpaper on his computer is like this demonic shit. Like he is so horny for demons, man. He's laughing away from himself. Like, this is really going to confuse when they say this. They're going to be so psyched. Um, yeah, let's do a little quick round of final thoughts. We kind of have got our final thoughts out there, but um, I just kind of want to. It's almost like a time capsule mm. moment. Whereas you're right, I don't know if we need any more of these films. Like we are in this kind of golden age of horror cinema at the minute, so I think the way we keep it. But it is nice to kind of look back and have a little bit of fun with just how trashy everything used to be. Um, it's an absolute gem. It's it's it makes no goddamn sense, but it's never fucking boring, and that is a glowing recommendation from me. And not being boring is something it managed to have over its predecessor. Oh, yeah. Which was very boring. <laughs> really uninspired. All the acting was pretty bad by the dad who was sound like a TV presenter. We're gonna, we're gonna, this yeah. was action. This was fun. This had Matthew Lillard in it, which I can't really ask for much more. I, I could do with longer on each ghost or more the ghost doing shit. But, like, inventive enough. You tried, you changed the story Ryan, up and you did something new. Ryan's like, has Matthew Lillard in 10 out of 10? <laughs> Pretty much. Look at everything else. It's a good heuristic. Anything he's in golden. I'm going to watch Twin Peaks now. Yes. I actually would like to watch Twin Peaks. So yeah, that's on the list. Um, who wants to go next? Any just final thoughts around the room? Go on, Tom. Oh, okay. I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, I liked it. Watch it drunk. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really fun. It's, it's like you say, it's, it's such a product of its times. If you look at it in the context of like, like a rare delicacy of like, oh, this is a perfectly, I, I, I want to call it a 90s movie. I know it was 2001, but it does, it, it fits in it's that 90s movie. movie category for me. Like, it's got Matthew Lillard in it, for Christ's sake. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm thinking about the one... Sorry, I'm thinking about the ones that we've watched. So we've, this was 2001. This was 2001, yeah. Catwoman so, was 2004. Four, yeah. Southland Tales was 2006. Uh, yes. Was yeah. it? Yes. And yeah. then what was before that? I'm forgetting. Last Airbender was like 20, 2009, I think. Um, we watched something from not that Rick decade. was 2005. We could watch something that's not been from this decade next. No, honestly, like I've been dying to. Like we we pulled, uh, I, I wanted to desperately do 13 Ghosts just because I've had the... the just because of the similarities between this and Event Horizon, like just you like maniacally twiddling your fingers there like Mr. Burns or something. The 90s, <laughs> terrible, schlocky uh, 90s movies are my domain. We are going to get out. We are going to get out of the 90s, 2000s soon, I hope. What's the next one that we're doing then? Well, I want to do Mac and Me. I'm desperate to. Tom, you're kind of freaking I out over that, I fucking love Mac and Me. 
We'll get you get you back. Oh my god, please. I love it so much. The MST three K video of that is fucking brilliant. Do you watch Mystery Science Theater at all, guys? Yeah, man. I well I I think I, I discovered them through Rift Tracks and yes, kind of went yeah. back and watched them all. Fuck. No, that Mac yeah. and Me episode's Mac the one that I recommend to people if it's they want to get into it. It's so fucking good. Oh my god. Oh wow! Okay, so that's four. It's the ET ripoff. It's basically yeah. ET ripoff. Four percent yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes, which means mathematically speaking, thirteen ghosts is four times. <laughs> I would agree. Checks out here. Yeah. Do you want to give your final thoughts as well? I, I think this is the treat you didn't know you needed. Like oh, genuinely, it, yeah. like I think if you pop this on, you're gonna have a mint ninety minutes. But. Get a little drug, get a little merry, pop that on midnight. Yeah. So stellar recommendation from over here. But going back to Macamy, <laughs> isn't that the one? <laughs> Please do. But isn't that the one that and you're gonna have to tell me the guy's name because we all Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd goes on. It's it's Colin O'Brien. He goes on right every time. Every time he's asked to show a clip from any of his movies, he just shows the clip of the kid falling off the fucking cliff in a wheelchair. Fucking genius. This guy's been going for years, not even just once or twice. He consistently does it every time he has a new movie. Because that it's either that right. I've got a few decisions to make as to. I've got a few decisions to make as to what we do next week. So it's either Mac and Me or it's then it's the Roland Emmerich Godzilla, which it would be sticking. That's a lot of fish. We're going to do Mac and Me. Fuck it, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you. Well, let's, I think that, that kind of covers everything. Thank you so much, Tom, for joining us on this episode. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's been really, it's been really fun. Do you want to give us a quick plug as to where we can find you? Yes, uh, you can catch give me every other week uh, with my... <laughs> on the, uh, the off-the-grid compound that I live in. You've got to use your ghost goggles first. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, me and my, uh, me and my, uh, no, 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 no. let me try that again. Me and my friends, this is uh, much better than letting Liam do it for you because he'll fuck it up, but there you go anyway. <laughs> 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 me and my friends uh, Callum and Matt we do we host a podcast called Warm Tins Film Club it's kind of like if uh, everyone in Bad Taste Buds was uh, like 90% stupider um, and <laughs> had to go through the game. entire film <laughs> point by point um, you can listen to that there we, we just uh, the next episode when this episode comes out will have been Demon Wind which oh, literally yeah. took us two attempts to record and if you if you like the insanity of um 13 Ghosts, you will definitely like Demon Wind. It's so fucking bonkers. There you go. There's a little plug there. Nice yeah, one, thanks man. so much for having me, guys. It's been well, really fun. Anytime you want to come back, you're more than welcome to. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. And as well, great. Well, I'll see you for Mac. <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah, see you next week. Next week. Uh, yeah, you can find us at Bad Taste Buds Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Bad Taste Buds Podcast on Facebook. Um, we check out our stories because we will be having a new competition soon um, where we'll be giving away some Godzilla treats because we are eventually going to be covering Godzilla. Um, yeah, just give us a follow. Keep listening to the episodes. Keep liking, subscribing, doing what you're doing. And we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Ooh. Ooh. Bye. Ooh.